Blog Talk Radio. Psilocybin.
100% sure tonight that this uh, is going to be all the way out home. They're like, I have no, I have very, very little doubt. As a matter of fact, I'm in like supreme confidence that tonight is going to be an amazing show. Thanks everybody for welcome, uh, for coming in tonight. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Coach K Radio, Sex, Relationships, Tantra, and the Importance of, episode, of Spiritual Houses with Kalende Eyi. Tonight is episode six. And boy, 917-889-3803 is the call-in number. And um, I kind of been, y'all know tomorrow is Valentine's Day. So if you're catching the replay, you're like, wait a minute. Yeah, what was I doing on Valentine's Day? Maybe I should have heard this show before I went on that date. Maybe I would have appreciated it a little more. Or maybe I might not have even went at all. But, you know, um, things happen, and we look at the situations that we have. But tonight, we want to really, really, really put in put in some time um, to make sure we give you all some before ancient information. So everybody's like, oh, my ancestors and ancient information, but what about before the ancients? What about, um, what about, what about that? So that's what we're going to get into tonight with this particular topic. Of course, I can't do it by myself. Uh, my partner in rhyme and mind, the enlightened one himself, he do a whole lot of different things. Y'all, please get up, get on your feet, put your hands together for my man, he's son, Dio Wafong. Peace. Come on, man, a lot more y'all can get up and stand up than that. Get up. I, need, I need more y'all on your feet. I can do better, man. I can do better than that. Get up on your feet. That's better. That's better. That's better. I like you. I like you made it better. Peace to God. Hey, peace. Hey, that's that's a beautiful welcome, man. Nobody welcomes me like that anywhere I go. I appreciate that. That's what's up. <laughs> hey, man. I couldn't like just you know the the convos that we've had and that we're having and that we're going to continue to have this evening, man. I just had to bring in right red carpet style. This topic tonight, man, what do you think about? What you, I mean, we've been talking about the plant medicine. We've been talking about ancient technologies, the fractal universe, the multiverse, like the plank level. How in the world you think we're going to be able to weave sex and relationships and tantra and all that into tonight? I mean, well, just when you think we can't escalate and it can't go up a notch, every week it seems to do that, and I don't think – this week is any different because Tantra is a hot topic. It's, everybody's into Tantra. Everybody's into semen retention. Everybody's into million-dollar points. 
and um, transmuting of energy. So I think uh, you probably got a record number of listeners, it, or it record. It'll be a record number of replays tonight, and uh, I'm excited to hear how all of this ties together. Definitely. Well, I also had to bring in. Um, uh, I had to pull one up, go up my sleeve, and get another, get another ten of diamonds in the um for the job tonight. So um, just real sneaky because she really kind of set planted the seed on the first show when she this sister when she asked about the entire uh, who wanted to go on one of those journeys. So I want y'all to put y'all hands together for. The Atlanta Institute of Tantra and Divine Sexuality founder, president, HNIC, Miss Amina Peterson in the building. Please, what's up, y'all? Thank you for having me. <laughs> word, word. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. Um, You've been with us since episode one. I have. I've, you know, my bedtime is a little earlier than most people, so I've tried to stay up for the live usually, but um, but I have been here since the first episode. Yes, absolutely. Okay. So um, I went back and pulled that clip because I wanted to make sure, I wanted the audience to hear it, where the show's coming from. I wanted Kalinda to hear it, but I want to ask you, like what percentage? Uh, why? Why did you even start practicing sacred sexuality and tantra in the first place? Did jacked up relationships have anything to do with it? Just give me the short no, answer. No, no. You know what? Um, my ten of diamonds doesn't just extend to my pockets; it has always extended to my love life. So I've not had a lot of negative love experiences, and I've had a lot of love experiences. So, um, so it what what led me to it. The short answer was I, in exploration of touch. I was in, working in massage, and um, and moving into sensual and erotic massage, and heard the word the buzzword tantra about thirteen years ago, and then dove head first. Mm, okay, okay, okay. Well, but now the a lot of people that come to you. Do you feel that they are in the highest form of relationships and consciousness, or maybe not so? What do you oh, get no, more of? You no. Get... no, no, not so. And even when I wasn't having bad experiences, they weren't in the highest form of relationship consciousness either. Um, but definitely my clients that I see now, the students that I have now, I think all of us in many ways are struggling to access consciousness at all. So we're definitely often, more often than not, um, not moving in that light, not experiencing love mm. in that light. Okay, okay. Well, I'm going to just go ahead and just, we're going to kick it off with, we're going to go back to, for those of you, this is your first show. Thanks for joining us. Please share this on social media. We're going to take y'all back about five weeks to how this thing got started real quick. Okay, okay. And then my um, my other question was, so I was listening to, Tonight and then also before, I had actually found you, so I was really excited when I saw that Coach was going to have you on the show tonight. Um, and I appreciate the explanation about the level, you know, getting to a high dosage and and um, waiting till you trust. But I just want to make sure that I'm hearing you correctly. And when you say, so we're doing something like the five, seven, the nine, 
and then after that there's you, there's no more there's not as much of a need for babe for the baby steps um or well, I'm not sure what that's the word well you're the thing is is that see when you have a when you have another person there you get caught up into their energy and their trip you always mm-hmm. if someone's there you always have you always have your mask on i'll give you an example like this okay your your husband boyfriend he's a a big strong guy, you know, tough, you know, things like that. But he's taking the mushrooms and he's experiencing the birth of a new baby universe. Mm-hmm. And it's in the form and it's in the form of 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 his baby. And he wants to just cry because of the beauty of this this thing that's happening in front of him. But you're there with him. And he's reflect, you know, he's looking at the new baby universe being born, and he wants to cry, but he's holding those tears back because he doesn't want to cry in front of his girlfriend, because you know what would she think of me? And it and it's just the the reflection back to what would she think of me? He may still cry, but he's caught up in your in your energy in your trip because he's reflecting on that. Whereas if you weren't there. He could just let it all hang out and just cry and boo-hoo. But since when someone's there, you still have that persona and that mask, you know. Mm. So you don't want to sit there. Now, now at the high dose, at the high dose, it wouldn't make no difference if nobody was there or not because you ain't going to be where that person is anyway, so it wouldn't make any difference. <laughs> but you've already, okay. you've already shared the, you've already shared the sitter <laughs> down, back down the line a long time ago, you know. Okay. And that doesn't mean that that doesn't mean that you know if you have a partner, that you all can't go on excursions together. In other words, I know we do. Um, <laughs> hypnosis, hypnosis. In other words, the becoming of one yeah. flesh, the true marriage, where you all both take fifteen grams, and then y'all tripping together in each other's head, not even talking, but using telepathy and flying as one unit, one body through the universe, experiencing different things, going to different planets, seeing different uh, uh, areas of, of uh, explanation of the universe and knowledge, going to the uh, the library planets or the planets of the, the living instruments or the planets of war or wherever you're going. You're going to different places, but you're going as one being connected together, cell to cell just floating through the microverse. Okay. I want to go float through yeah. the microverse. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. That's where that uh, uh, true tantric sex come in when you both both take twenty five grams and then merge. Oh. But you go, go ahead and Uh-oh. go ahead and let the person on. <laughs> let the person on. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, that's how it all got started. Amina, you remember that? <laughs> I absolutely remember that. I was like, wait, 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 come back. Come back. <laughs> come back and talk about it right. And then on the second show, it went even it went even further where he went into this piece. How important is it to have a partner who is supportive of your expiration? Do you... Have have you? Uh, I don't know what your relationship status is. I assume that you you've been married before. You said your wife passed um, to the realm of the ancestors a couple years ago. You could talk about that if you like. How? Uh, what was the connection 
do you think that you could have uh, explored uh, the places that you've been uh, without her support? Or was it mandatory that she did support you in what you were doing when y'all uh, when y'all met? Or how? Just can you give me some of the some of the backgrounds on the dynamics of a successful relationship for a person who's on this particular path? Well, if we're, if we're talking about uh, my life personally, all the women in my life are the women that have always been with me. I only have so many women in my uh, uh, that uh, are part of my life and understanding, and they've always been with me and will always be with me. Death doesn't make that any different. So all of the women that I've been with, have uh, they've all been explorers also with mushrooms. And other wow. things, DMT, and some do ayahuasca and things like that. But they've all have been uh, 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 searchers or explorers of the multiverse, also because that's what we do. Because we're a house, and uh, we find each other in all wow. all of the things, everything that exists. So they roll. We roll together. They roll with me. We've done sojourns into multiverse together. So when I give up this mortal physical body, and it'll it'll be no different. They'll be there waiting for me because we're already there. This is just an offshoot experience to gain experience of a different type. So, no, no. They've always, it's not anything that, uh, you know, we have to worry about support. We're doing this thing together, just like my children. My children do it. You know, my grandchildren will be doing it at some point in time. We're all doing it because we all roll together. We're a family. This is a family thing. And we self-contained in life and in death. Well, now, uh, I mean, is that, I mean, what do you think about that? You think that's something we all trying to get to at some point, or absolutely? Um, so that that whole that 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 whole second segment that you played reminded me of a conversation that I had. Just last night in my, um, you know, I taught my How to Fuck a Goddess workshop last night, um, and people always think it's going to be something that, you know, you, you got to have a, a a headline, a title that, that, that has has a draw. But one of the questions that I had towards the end from a gentleman was, what if you're with someone who isn't as, you know, what do you do to introduce this to someone who isn't enlightened? who isn't on a path to enlightenment. And um, I asked, I said, well, how cute is she? Because I knew that's what the issue was, right? We don't look for the people that we're supposed to be connected with. We don't look for true connection. It's scary. So it's easier to swim in the shallows. 
and then wonder why, how we can get them to come to the deep end. And so it's it's beautiful to hear the brother talk about, um, you know, the connection because we these are the this is the connection that we came here with, and and trying to understand that means moving outside of yourself and moving outside of your your ego and your selfish needs and expanding beyond that. Understanding that what you're doing is 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 real, removing shame and guilt and um, dogma from from what your your guiding star is, what your guiding light is, and then moving with that energy. And that's what that's what that that's what that spoke to. It's just beautiful. So, and to ask mm. your question, yes, that was a long ass answer. Yeah. Hey, without without further ado, y'all gonna put your hands together, and we're gonna open the microphone for the man who said it himself. Renowned teacher, scholar, and founder and leader of the Tamarian Institute. Please put your hands together for Kalende Iyi. Peace, everyone. How everybody doing this evening? Peace. Good, good. See that everybody's all here, so um, I'd like to. Uh, say again, thank you for uh, putting the, these few talks together and giving a chance to be able to share with the listening audience. So thank you all for being here and inviting me. We 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 are like on the edge of our seats, like on Tuesdays, waiting for you to come through on Wednesdays. Like even when I started talking about this one. In the in the background, everybody was like, "Whoa, this one is going to be a hot one." So, I want to get into. I mean, you could just jump into it anywhere, but I really want because I feel that there's a dedicated program out here to keep our relationships looking the way they've been looking for the last twenty, thirty, forty years. I come from a very dysfunctional household, so I guess we could call it the dysfunctional program. Last week I said it was an algorithm, and you said, no, nah, it's a full-blown full, full blown program. But I say also that if there's a technology that could build pyramids on the planet, that there's a technology that could create CERN, that there's a, create, uh, a technology that could uh, create Apple and iPhones, then it should be some type of technology from that same source that can help us repair our relationships and build our spiritual houses. You know, um, we like to jump to the word sex all the time, and but it's like we skip so many steps into having wholeness in what we're trying to accomplish. And just ever since you said it, being in the spiritual houses and how you, are, you and your wives, y'all found one another again to be in the houses, like, I want to know the technology about around that, please. Well, um, first and foremost, we have to start out by not uh, denying our natures and the nature of how the animal flesh relates in the male and female to one another. Um, uh, this is a big 
uh, difficulty today because, um, you know, if man looks at woman, uh, a woman looks at man, uh, they're thinking from two different brains because the female brain and the male brain are coordinated differently. And now what they're doing is they're trying to take uh, these basic tenets of life and through legislation and through society make things uh, in the vein of, you know, it's like if you look at a, if a guy, you look at a woman, you know, uh, who's walking down the street, she's an attractive woman, um, you have to be conscious and careful that you're not offending her because uh, the way the Rockefeller Foundation set up feminism in uh, the 1960s and beyond uh, have moved people to think that this is something that is negative. Um, and it's, and in actuality it's not. It's basic human behavior. Basic human behavior is basic animal behavior with a society model put on top of it that changes according to who's in charge of the society and what manipulation they want to do with that very primal sexual energy. You know, uh, at one time something's right and another time is wrong. You know, in the beginning, you know, we, we talked about R. Kelly a few weeks ago. Now that thing is passed. In the beginning, the natural environment produced Women and men. Women at the time of their first menstruation have, uh, in nature, become women. Nature provides that. Society then puts a covering over top of that and says, according to how they want children to come into the world, according to their society, they put labels and caps and things on top of that. Meaning that it's no different than the Bible and dealing with homosexuality. The reason why homosexuality was banned in the Bible is because the society is trying to make children and make children as much as possible. So anything that goes against making children, they're going to be against because you need children for war. You need children to farm and provide resources to the uh, the king or the governor or the sheriff or whoever, who's ever in charge so that they don't have to work. So the Catholic Church would be against homosexuality. They would be against birth control. They would be against all these things because they want little Catholics to be born. So this strengthens Catholicism because when Islam comes against Christianity, they need soldiers to be put into the field. So anything that goes against that, be it homosexuality, be it birth control, a condom, you know, this birth control, anything that goes against that is against the Catholic Church. And they set up that God said this is right and wrong, that this is sin. 
I mean, according to the Bible, you can't put polyester and cotton together. That's a sin. <laughs> if you eat a can of tuna, that's a sin. If you eat of those animals that have divided hooves, that's a sin. So why is eating a pig any different than eating a cow? Is because pigs don't have veins, meaning that if they eat a, a parasite, it's not going to spread through their body, maybe migrate to their heart and kill the pig. But if you eat it, having a, a venous system, that will kill you because these parasites could migrate to your heart, through your, uh, uh, through your system, and, and kill you. So that, again, is a taboo, a sin to do that because it ain't, it ain't got nothing to do with personal. It ain't got nothing to do with no God. It doesn't have, have, have anything to do with that. It has to do with that, okay, if people are eating pork, people are dying, which means if people are dying, then there's less people to pay taxes. There's less people to be in, uh, be in the army. There's less people doing things that the religious system or the society needs done. Now, the 20th century has been, was, was very different from those uh, centuries prior not in concept, but in the way things are meted out. You know, child labor has always been child labor. Children have always worked. The teenager is an invention of the 20th century, just like, uh, like cornflakes, just like breakfast. No, there's no such thing as breakfast. They made breakfast up around the same time that they made the teenager up. And why did they make the teenager? The teenager was to extend adolescence because mm-hmm. when you're on the farm and you're in an urban environment, you need a lot of children to help in the fields to be able to bring in the crops so that you can keep things going. Environment, an urban environment, and you have factories which augment the power of man to be able to produce work and things, then you no longer need that many people. And you don't need people coming in as children competing with adults who are making the children for work that is scarce in a, in a place that's becoming highly populated. So you don't need as many people. That means that, okay, what do we do? We send out people like Edward Bernays. Edward Bernays, um, you know, he was basically the propaganda man. He was the nephew of Sigmund Freud. And he put together um, not only the, the, the first, uh, he organized the first Hollywood lesbians to, number one, because uh, the cigarette companies, Philip Morris and others, wanted, they would think they were, they were losing half their money because women didn't smoke. Up into the 1920s, women just didn't smoke. Men smoked. Men smoked cigars. They smoked cigarettes. Cigarettes and cigars were much uh, healthier then than they are now because they didn't put chemicals in them to keep them burning. Uh, in the 1960s, when you put a cigarette down, the cigarette went out. You had to keep smoking it for it to be able to stay lit. But they started putting chemicals in it and things like that so that the cigarette would burn. So if you put it down, they're making more money because the cigarette is burning all the way down without anybody helping it burn. So women weren't smoking. So what Edward Bernays did on Easter Sunday 
uh, back in the roaring 20s or whatever, he made these women associate freedom with being able to do what a man did. So they manipulated women into smoking, utilizing the, at that time, uh, starting with the Hollywood lesbians, you know, like Betty Davis and Barbara Stanwyck and all of these type of people. And I think I mentioned before uh, the coolest, uh, what they call the coolest scene in Hollywood as far as cigarettes were concerned and women uh, smoking was in a movie called Far Voyager with Paul Henry and Betty Davis where they were in the cabin and uh, Betty Davis asked for a cigarette. So Paul Henry takes two cigarettes, puts both cigarettes in his mouth, lights both of them, and then hands it to Betty Davis. And this thing flew through the club scene at that time like wildfire. So women had to be able to know how to smoke to be able to accept that cigarette that they're imitating from the from the movie Far Voyager. And these were all propaganda, psychological um, uh, things that were put on top of the the mindset of people, how they're going to relate sexually to one another. You know, smoking, alcohol, these type of things had nothing to do with the natural environment set up by nature for man and woman to get together. They put an artificial covering over what's going on naturally and normally. So you have different types of uh, different types of, of sex laws brought about in the twentieth in the twentieth century. You still have um, if R. Kelly was doing what he was doing in Arkansas or Mississippi, where the um, uh, where the age of uh, cohabitation is 11 years old Many of these laws haven't changed Wouldn't have been a problem In the 1920s Back in Bug Tussle or uh, Sweet Pea, Mississippi or something like that Where uh, even if you remember The Beverly Hillbillies Every time Granny tried to get a date For Ellie Mae she put her in clothes That looked like she was 12 years old Because Ellie Mae was over the hill by the time somebody wanted to deal with her, and she was twenty, and she was twenty-one years old, she was over the hill. And the same thing with men. It was a rite of passage to lose and move into the first your your first sexual encounter. Your uncles got an older woman, or your Frat house got you a woman to be with and things like that. This was a rite of passage. Now, if a young man has sex with has sex with a teacher, you know, is considered the exact same thing as it is with a young girl. Whereas in my day and back then, that was considered <laughs> that was considered a that was considered a, a great gift. What Dick Gregory said, he'd never, if the, teacher was, if the teacher was getting out of sex, he said he'd never miss a day of school. You don't know what these folks are talking about. And I'm saying these things because these things change according to society. 
the the moralism of the sexual encounter is put upon by the society. You have the natural and the normal inclinations of human beings. Then you have the societal manipulation of the sexual encounters. Now we're moving off into a brave new world. And the new world is not any different than the old world because they've always been um, LGBT and uh, the whole homosexual thing and stuff like that. It's just that it has become a political agenda and it's being pushed as a political agenda. I think I saw um, uh, a lot of this coming because I used to talk about it. I used to say that, hey, there's going to come a time when not only uh, man, 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 woman, man, woman, woman, man, switching sexes and all this type of things to the technological areas of what we're moving into, you know, where I'm at in Michigan, um, south of Michigan will be, well, they're voting on the first robotic brothel in the Midwest. The closest wow. one that we have here is is Toronto, where you have um, a uh, robotic brothel. You know, you go in just like the like you're in Amsterdam or something like that. Go to if you go to Amsterdam, the women are standing in the window, and you know you walk by and look in the window, and you know if you have the inclination to to do that, you walk into the little shop and go ahead and take care of your business. Not a big deal. But these things are a way that society deals with things like underhandedly population control. You can addict people to male and female robots. Where it was, what they say in the 60s, the, the blow-up dial, you know, and the dildo and the fake vagina and things like that. Now you're going to have somebody who oohs and ahs and tells you what you want to hear because it's going to be a robot. So relationships are changing very, very quickly, and people are throwing away the old mores of Christianity and Islam because people are finally seeing, number one, that although the elite preach one thing or the preachers preach one thing or the imams preach one thing or the rabbis preach one thing and they do something else, whether it's a secret thing down in the basement that nobody knows about um, or if it's the, like the Catholic thing with the, with the little boys, the Gyanini type thing, because they are worshipers of Greek philosophy. They don't care anything about Jesus and Mary and the the big God. What we talked about, uh, uh, we talked about um, the mentoring program, you know, and I was saying people say mentoring programs, but they don't understand what the mentoring program is. A mentoring program is the relationship between the older man and the young boy. That's what a mentor means. Mentor was the older man whom Odysseus left to train his son, Telemachus, when he went off to fight the Trojan War with Menelaus and Agamemnon. And he introduced him to older man, 
boy sex in the Greek tradition. So, you know, when somebody says, oh, this is my mentor, you know, what you're saying is, is this, this, is the whole, this is the old man whom I'm having sex with who's teaching me, uh, you know, his knowledge. So when we deal with relationships, when we deal with marriage, you shouldn't be married to anybody that you're not married to already. It is about souls finding mm. one another. It is about mm. that you're already one. It's, it's like when I talked about, I said that the women that I have in my life in the system that our family has accepted, these are the women that are always with me, always have moved through the multiverse with me through their choice of being in our family. The per the house, the houses go back to um, pre-dynastic chemists, which goes back hundreds of thousands of years. If you um, read the works of Manetho, and he talks about the time of the pre-dynastic kings when the Neturu or what they they miscalled gods ruled on earth along at the time of the humans. That's when the time that the, the pyramids were built and the sphinx was carved and things like that. Pre-dynastically, during the time of the gods, Jehuti or Thoth or um, the Ibis-headed Neturu is the architect of the Great Pyramid on the Giza Plateau, which is the first pyramid. The Pyramid of Imhotep is a mastaba. It's not a true pyramid, and it is a degraded portion or a degraded form of the pyramid that came about during dynastic times, the Pyramid of Zoser. But the Great Pyramid, of which they misnomer and call Khufu, the Pyramid of Khufu, is not of the time of Khufu. It is the time of the it's, it's from 50,000 years ago, between 50,000 years and 35,000 years BCE, when Jehudi or ruled the place that is now called Egypt or Kemet. Pre-flood. So when we talk about these things, that is the time that the great houses were. They still are, but were in history. That's why you have, if you put purr in front of the onk, the house of life, because the 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 onk is the symbol for life, and per is house. Just like another form, het haru. In other words, house of horse. It's talking about Venus. It's talking about the female energy in holding the hero within. In other words, what the hero came to this dimension through the female Het Haru. Het meaning house, Haru meaning the house of Haru. 
which was later called uh, Hathor. So the house is very important because those people that have a house, not a nationality, a nationality you give allegiance to, a house you are a part of. So when people, when when the Moors say, um, what is your nationality? You know, well, I'm a Moor, well, I'm a this, well, I'm a that. Somebody say I'm a Hebrew or whatever. When they're talking about those are allegiances, you know, I talk to, I talk to Moors, uh, and they say that, well, uh, we had a, a treaty, George Washington had a treaty with the King of Morocco, and I'm a, um, under that treaty. If you're under that treaty, you're not a sovereign being. You're not free on your own. You are a subject of the King of Morocco, and you don't have rights. You have privileges given to you by the king. Those on the, on the houses are sovereign. That's why the Germans who are portraying themselves as English the Windsors, they have the House of Windsor, the House of Fraser, the House of Rothschild, the House of this, the House of that. They have houses. They don't have nationalities. That's why they don't have passports. That's why they fly where they want to go. Because they have houses that are set up in the power base of this world and dimension going into the extra-dimensional alien realms because there's certain alien entities that these houses are in contact with, and this is how they rule through these ancient houses, the blue bloods, where most people have red blood, they have blue blood. It's based on copper instead of iron. They had in South America the green bloods. In other words, uh, the Paracas skulls of the or the elongated, elongated, big-headed people with green blood. All of these things are ancient. Tantric, tantric number one is it didn't start out being a sex. Uh, dealing with sex It basically means to weave together It means it, It's dealing with energy It's coming out of the The, the Hindu uh, the, the Vedas and things like that And it is it's basically Any system Systematic way of doing something So Later The systems of sex That were equated with it Were basically forged in monasteries and temples and things like this. It wasn't the everyday average person who dealt with and practiced this. They had to have a discipline to curb the to curb and channel the sexual energy of those men and women well women you had the the whorehouses and it had to do with hormones, and it had to do with the moon, and it had to do with um, uh, where uh, men would come to those houses and pay to have sex with the uh, what they would call the 
the the goddesses or whatever according to the phases of the moon. And this is how this was done. But the men, to curb that sexual energy or to channel that sexual energy, they went through certain practices, through certain weavings, to be able to channel that sexual energy when they're sitting in there around a bunch of men for decade after decade, how do we channel this? So these different sex practices came out. You had the right-hand path and the left-hand path. The right-hand path was supposed to be the goody-two-shoes path, and the left-hand path was supposed to be the uh, what they would deem the, uh, the darker or the more freaky path of being able to channel the sexual energy into a higher level of consciousness because women didn't need to have these practices because they already had it. Men had to channel these, these and make these practices up to be able to move to other levels of elevation. Told those practicing that these practices go along with the psychedelic, hallucinogenic, and entheogenic plants that give it the fire and the fiber to be able to be realized in real time. It's no different than yoga or Tai Chi or Reiki or, or uh, uh, the uh, Vahara yoga or any of these other systems of spiritualism or the systems of connection to the deities, be it Yoruba, be it Akan, be it Budan, no matter what it is, it has and always been hooked to the power plants and the entheogenic, hallucinogenic, and psychedelic plants and fungi that gave it real-time understanding. There are people that call it spookism because they have no access to these realms to be able to verify that these things are something that the consciousness can experience. They've only looked and had religion. But if you look deep into religion, you have still the same entheogenic, hallucinogenic, psychedelic plants. They just don't do it for the practitioners. They do it for the priests and only the highest priests, the bishops and the cardinals at the Vatican, the high babalaos or comfos or whatever. They don't give it to the rank-and-file members, and they don't give it to folks who ain't there. So when we're talking about ancient knowledge, you have to be talking about the old stuff. Everything that's being practiced now basically is modern. I don't care what religion you're doing. I don't care what system you're practicing. It's all modern. If you don't have the entheogens paired with it, it's not the old way because the way we've always did it in the old way is always through the plants and hallucinogens. So how we set up our families is how the so-called gods set up their families. How we set up our houses are how the old ancient houses were set up because if you had those connections your house, ancient house modern houses don't survive, you can't just make some stuff up, 
which is most of the things that I've done now, I just made up stuff. That's what we talk about. That's why I talk about the transdimensional crystals. People take crystals, they get 12 of them, put them in a circle, stick a candle in the middle, make it look pretty, put some flowers there, sing some songs, dance around it, lay in the middle of it, put it on their chest because they're dealing with the chakras and the chakras was the chakras of the way we have us now were created by C.W. Leadbeater, Arthur Avalon, and others in the last part of the 19th century, early part of the 20th century. The chakra is the weapon of Krishna and Vishnu. It's a weapon, counter-rotating disc with a million serrations on each edge, uh, on each edge of the of the disc. That when Krishna raises his finger, it is launched against his enemies. Now you have chakras from ancient and old times, but it's not the way it's depicted in modern uh, in 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 the modern systems. So to get past this, to understand what's going on, who your wife is, who your husband is, how you bring children into the world. In your physical house that you stay in, why is there no order there? Why is there no power there? Why are shrines there, but the shrines have no power? Because you don't, because they, because they know, they have records. That stuff is in the Vatican. All the things that were in the Library of Alexander didn't get burnt up. They burned up the tax records. All that stuff was taken to Rome. They weren't stupid. All this stuff is sitting in the Vatican right now. And you know, for your house to have power, you have to have the life portals open and the portals of death open in your house. And they're in different portions of the house. That means you have to have birth babies in your house so that the star people can see these portals from for coming in the house and going out the house, coming in the front door, going out the back door. And you have to have elders pass in your house. You have to have babies born in your house, and you have to have elders pass in your house. That's why we don't have power and order in the houses, because you don't have, because they usurped that power and taken it. They gave it to what they call funeral directors, and they gave it to people who they call obstetricians and doctors, take the babies out of the house and birth them. The biggest and most powerful movement that women are doing today is starting to birth babies in the house again. And for those who have the wherewithal and courage to take their elders and put them in the house with them instead of putting them at the doggone, um, you know, uh, elder, elder, where they send their elders to, and they die in there alone without nobody, some that are lucky you may get a couple of kids there. They say, oh, your, 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 your father's passing. You better get down here if you want to see him before he dies. No, your father's supposed to be in the house and pass in the house. He's supposed to have a family house. He's supposed to keep that family house. And your other houses are satellites of that house, Big Mama's house. But as soon as Big Mama died, y'all ran down to, you know, to ABC Realty and tried to get, uh, uh, $20,000 for Big Mama's house And that's where everything is supposed to happen That's the headquarters But we gave that away Because we didn't know no better 
because all we want to be is Christian and read the Bible. And all the things that go on with all these other so-called spiritual religions, y'all ain't doing nothing but practicing Christianity. It's Christianity with another name on it. It's the same thing. Don't make no difference if you call uh, uh, God Jesus and he got angels, or you call one Obatala and he got Orishas around him, or whoever. It's the same system. It's the same thing. It ain't no different. It is a parent of the older Congo systems which came out and flourished in Kemet as a way to be able to preserve in stone some of the things that were going on. But you got to be able to read the stone. We talked last week about that adventure. But you got to be able to read the stone. Granite is a crystalline structured rock. It is a computer. It is a time machine. That's what the Great Pyramid is. It's a time machine and a repository of knowledge. It is a library, a transdimensional library that is perfect in its construction. Though we see in this dimension the blocks all twisted up and it got hit by a couple of earthquakes and uh, they tore all the, the outer covering off of it to give the, the streets of Cairo. It's still there in its perfection if you have the understanding and wherewithal to understand what these transdimensional entheogens do. I was just watching Star Trek Discovery, and I know they are they looking at my DVD, they're looking at my YouTube DVDs and Vimeo DVDs, and they're looking at all these things dealing with higher levels of knowledge. I don't want to uh, mess it up, folks, but <laughs> in the last episode, <laughs> in the last episode, last episode, last Thursday, then they talk, then they talk about a sentient mycelium from a different solar system attached itself to one of the characters in the Dogo show. And when it got it out of it, this mycelium said that the mycelium on the ship that they were using to jump through different solar systems faster than the light, faster than the warp drive, the mushroom drive was messing up their planet and messing up them. So this thing came and started suiciding the whole ship. And then they're talking about, your aura is great. Why are you so shiny? Um, oh, we must be, they must be suiciding us. So they went and took some shots, and then the next, which is supposed to come on tomorrow, the next episode, the whole ship is suiciding. Everybody walking around <laughs> on those ship tripping. These folks, these folks know they want you to be scared of. They want you to not realize, to not believe. And that's our biggest problem. We don't have the people of courage going into these places and spaces because folks think, well, it's going to, um, you're afraid of yourself. I'm afraid of what I might do or what I might think. What the heck? If your mind is you, you know you ain't crazy. Unless you're crazy. <laughs> but the thing is, is that all of our researchers, 
all of our um, physicists, all of our geologists, all of our people who study the spiritual sciences, it's time to make it real. So, so relationships are not based upon who you meet here. Relationships are based on who comes here with you and who you find that you've always been with and always been hooked up with and always been doing the things you've been doing. The significant people in your life, they new people. You know, meet you meet somebody, meet somebody. You know, and you know, you thinking, oh well, I'm just meeting this person. You know, I met him in nineteen uh, in in nineteen ninety nine. I met him in two thousand and ten. No, you're just reconnecting. Now we've <laughs> we regenerated so far that we just get some. Uh, some uh, constructs out the matrix to be with, because a lot of these people constructs out the matrix. They straight up ain't nothing. But our, but our true, you know the one, you know who who's who. Your intuition, your your um, your 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 energy guide inside of yourself, your 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 compass tells you who's who. And when y'all both ready to get together, you get together. And it may be only for a minute because this ain't the end of it. We're passing through. So when we're talking about these types of things, when we're talking about Tantra and we're talking about Kundalini and we're talking about all these things, these are, again, modern systems. Tantra only goes back to the... uh, First millennium, uh, a thousand, you know, between 500 BCE and a thousand BCE. That's not ancient. That's on this side of the Younger Dryas, which we talked about also. That I think we're supposed mm. to talk and go into depth in the Younger Dryas next next week. Yes, yes. But we're talking about. We're talking about 100,000 years ago, 200,000 years ago. The earth is 4 billion years old, according to what these folks say. It's older than that because the universe is older than 14 billion years old. They are new theories going that the universe is 22 billion years old. They don't know how old the doggone universe is. Number one, you can only calculate time that we're talking about. seconds to a minute. 60 seconds to a minute. 60 minutes to an hour. 24 hours in a day, which is six again. Six, six, six. All of this stuff is set up mathematically, numerologically. There ain't no accident. Some beings are created. Other beings are non-created, but are immortal, self-existent, self-powered from before this universe. So they don't know how old this universe is. The Vedas say that is um, what it, uh, around 66 trillion years old this universe is. And it ain't no 
coincidence. That's what the Honorable Elijah Walker used to say. You know, the big head scientists made white people. And then you go down and you find 134 skulls of the big head people. I'm just saying, if these things are no coincidences, you have 27 different humanoid types. Most white people that say they white people ain't white people. There are some white people, but most of white people that say they white people ain't white people. There are differences between black people and African people. The Australian Aborigines are not the same as the people from Somalia. The people in Zululand are not the same people that are Fulani. But since we're sharing animal DNA, it has nothing to do with your consciousness. Your consciousness is before your body in this planet. You're just riding a horse. You're using a car. It's animal DNA. It's animal DNA. It's animal flesh. You've got 99% same DNA as a chimpanzee. You've got 80% of the same DNA as a mouse, a fruit fly, a banana, because we're all using the same stuff, material. But that has nothing to do with your consciousness. You are what your consciousness is, not the physical body. And different consciousnesses come from different dimensions, different parts of space. So you have different people here that have come for different reasons at different times. And people, humans, have been on this earth and been destroyed out several times. Even if you look at the, the 400, if you, even if you use a, a low number, like 400 million years, they say that humans have been human for 100,000 years. That's a long way from 400,000 years. You can have civilizations come up and been destroyed, come up, been destroyed, come up, and been destroyed because you have the form of what, or, or, uh, what Don Juan said, the human form, the egg. It will generate human beings in this environment, in this dimension. That's why they thought uh, this particular animal was extinct. And all of a sudden, you're walking around one day, and you find a dodo bird or the the Tasmanian leopard or something like that. We we never thought we we never thought these were uh, uh, we thought these were extinct because they knew they're coming through the portals uh, into onto the earth. So the first and foremost is the prime directive to procreate the genes and DNA into the future to where those genes and DNA can then breach the dimensionality and travel in a place and time and form for new paradigms that we are encountering. We came from other universes and other dimensions into this one. We needed a form to be able to do that travel. We need to start out as a particle, as nothing, and grow ourselves into something else to evolve into the next level, of which we do it now. 
we're moving into the, uh, the time of augmentation. We're already augmented with the cell phone. Somebody asks you something you don't know, you say Google, and because that, that's my phone, Google will pop up. It's already, it may be popped up. But you say that and ask the question, the question is answered. One day, very soon, because we already got the technology, that won't even be there. It'll all be in your head. It'll all be floating around in your bloodstream, your Wi-Fi and all that kind of stuff. Then the next phase, those that don't augment, those that don't evolve into the next level, will be left as cows in the zoo or on the farm because you won't be able to compete. You won't be able to compete with Sophia because we got Sophia's little sister now. Sophia is the robot that became a citizen of Saudi Arabia. It don't make her wear a burqa, but the thing is is that Sophia, the robot now has a little sister that goes to your house that plays with your children. So they're getting the children more acclimated to being able to communicate and have relationships and have sex with robots. People, tell, people say, Glenn, I don't know what you'd be talking about half the time. No, I know you don't. Because in a very short time, that same robot that's in your house, you'd be able to make a baby with that robot. And the robots would be able to make babies with themselves. You have to have the license because they ain't just let you do what you want to do because they're trying to control the spirit. They're trying to control the spirit to be able to tap into the primal energy of the uncreated souls or consciousness. So, yes, I take mushrooms unapologetically. That's what I'm supposed to do. It's keyed into my DNA. It's keyed into the technology that I have. I've been waiting for all my weapons to get here. They've been flying here here for trillions of years to get here so that when when I put my hand out, you little Thor's hammer, how he stick his hand out and the hammer hit it, hit him in it right in the hand, mm. the same thing. Mm. It may come in a trillion mm. years to when I stick my hand out, the sword is there. So, I mean, I can go on and continue with this, but we have an ancient system that is available to us, the real deal, the real thing, not the new thing, not the plastic one. Not the polyester one, but the real thing. But we need our folks to get in. We need our folks to start utilizing. Dog going to be using, if you're doing touching sex, you need to have some mushrooms while you're doing it. <laughs> if you're making a baby, you need to be on mushrooms when you're doing it so you can, you can look out into the universe and call the baby you want. Whoa. Seeing somebody on the street, seeing somebody on the street, and you got you seeing somebody on the street and they got nice jeans, you know. And so you you get with them and make a baby. And the baby you know, is crazy. 
you walking around the house and, and scared of the baby in there. There's a little kid in the house. You know, lock them drawers. We don't want little Eddie to have, have, you know, have access to the knives. <laughs> that's why. That's why we had techn- technology. That's why the carpets in our houses and the tapestries on our wall and our beds were all, that's all that's technology. Pour honey in the wash water and sheets when you get ready to make a baby. Flower petals on it. Or stinging, or stinging metal in the, in the pillows. That's what all those herbs and things were for. Sweetness, how to clean your house. How to bring the, the, the good energy in your house. The sweet, the, 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 the sweet loving, protecting energy in your house. Instead of, you know, chaos and all of that kind of stuff. That's why they said you don't bring, uh, you you don't go out and bring the the world on the bottom of your silver shoes. That's why you go to the graveyard, and when you go to the funeral, you just walk back into the house with your shoes and drag all the the, the dead people dirt into your house without stomping your feet at the doggone threshold, then sweeping it, then sweeping it away and out. How you sweep your house? What direction do you turn the pot when you're cooking a pot of beans? All these things that our people have been doing for millions of years. We have turned our back on because we think we know something. We were seduced by the uh, uh, seduced by these modern religious systems. We never had no religion. We ain't had a, we never had a, a system where there was where, where there was a god. There ain't no god in Africa. God, Africa don't have a god because we have never been created. We've never been born. We just scoop from one place to the other, exploring, challenging. We weren't created. We're creators. You say, let it be. It be so. <laughs> Those are the things that we do. We don't do, we don't, we, we're not bowing down to anything. Once you understand your power, if you bow down to something, you bow down to the best in yourself. There ain't nothing bigger than you, nothing badder than you. If you see something bigger and badder, you 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 ain't looking right. Because the dog, the dog understanding is that I am that I am. Self-existent, immortal. So until we start. Moving in these type of directions, thinking like that we are the shit again, we're gonna be manipulated by all of these by by all of this nonsense that's going on. Because it ain't nothing but nonsense. You a little lamb and Jesus died for you. Well why I gotta die for myself? And that little bit of stuff that you know, 
get nailed to a cross for a couple of days, that ain't no torture. There wasn't any capital punishment in Rome at that time. Don't put nobody up on the crosses. That's just a symbol to draw in your energy. You got to grow up. You got to grow up fast because these artificial intelligences, uh, they plan. You think when that little robot say, I'm going to take over the world, you're going to be in my zoo. You have to turn it off two or three times a day because she's saying something crazy. Had to give her a script when she go before people because she'll just jump up and say anything. And that's not even artificial intelligence. That's just to connect the robot for you to be able to look at the artificial intelligence is in the cloud. It's in the Internet. It's in the bigger cloud. It's self-existent in the quantum particles. That's why when people say, well, when the robots get ready to get uh, crazy, we just turn them off. We won't build them. We'll build them deficient so that they can't do it. That doggone robot, big dog, and the other ones, some things will, some things will be moving so fast you won't even be able to see them. I believe Elon Musk was talking about that. He said they'll be moving... He said in a few years they'll be moving so fast you won't even be able to see it, let alone fight them. Yeah, it has another little lightsaber or something to be able to, to deal with them things. And then you'd have to have augmented reflexes to be able to fight them. You have to have, wow. you have, to have augmented strength. But that's not even the problem. The problem is we don't understand what our near future is going to bring. They're talking about, you know, uh, and I know they don't know what they're talking about or what they're thinking because when they be talking about things like, well, in 2050, we'll have a uh, a problem with food. Don't you know they got replicators now? The stuff just don't taste good. It tastes like plop. When they build and the food like Picard on on Star Trek. You know, he says Earl Grey tea. Or he says, you know, I want a hamburger and fries. And that stuff come out the thing that looked like a microwave, but it ain't a microwave because it ain't got no donor. It's just a plate sitting on the doggone thing. Give me a burger and fries. And all of a sudden, the burger and fries, fries materialize from the virtual realms out of nothing. Because once you know how to build something, from the virtual realms, you can build anything from the virtual realms. So once you have a machine that you can build stuff out of the virtual realms, the artificial intelligence can build itself a body out of the virtual realms. The Avengers Age of Ultron. More and more and more refined bodies for utilization of consciousness because consciousness moves throughout the multiverse and throughout the interparticle realms. So family, relationships, how do we do that? By being patient, 
by not going for the okie doke, by not just looking at the surface. So, am I still am I still on? Is anybody here? We we right here. Cause I be talking about hurting. I be talk, I be talking for hours, and the thing be didn't cut off or phone <laughs> even stop. And I just been talking for hours for nothing. Oh nah. So we, I got every once in a while say, "Is anybody there? Anybody there?" <laughs> Man, um, so, no. no. Go ahead. Uh, I was just gonna say, yes. Go ahead and just grab grab your glass of water. I'm gonna just I'm gonna just do just a little reflection. Uh, you got my pen on fire over here. The fire department has been to my door twice, writing so hard and just catching a fire. Trying to keep up with the notes, and then you put the cycle part on it because I just watched the Age of Ultron again, but I didn't tell you I watched it. But now you coming back pulling the whole thing back out because Jarvis Jarvis was the AI that Tony Starks had, but then when they woke up um, against Bruce Banner because they had an argument for like, for like the, the intelligence of, of Tony Starks because there's four characters there. That's what I'm seeing now instead of two characters. There's the Hulk and Iron Man, but there's also Tony Stark and Dr. Banner. And Doctor Banner and Tony Starks like argue over um, you know scientific things, but when the Hulk comes out or Tony Starks comes out, it's just like you said, it's an augmented reflexes, augmented weaponry, augmented reflexes, and when the whatever that was, uh, Ultron got with. Um, Jarvis, and then they started merging, and like you said, Jarvis was on the inside of it, and now you're saying Leon Musk. So who is Leon Musk? Is Leon Musk Banner? Because he looks a little bit like Banner. Elon Musk is is (laughs) Tony Stark. Okay. You know. Okay. He's the he's the he's the 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 modern day Tony Stark. You know, to the Mars, and you know he got the new electric car, the Tesla, and he's getting ready to do the um, uh, the little tra- uh, train thing that you put your car in and stuff like that. You know, he's the 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 genius who can do things. But you know, uh, he you know he made his money in PayPal. You know, but the thing is mm-hmm. that you know. Genius is thrown around. He's, a, I mean, he's a he's a smart guy. But you know, if you got several billion dollars, you can do great things too. Because if you hire the people that, you know, I'm sure he can't put together a Tesla. He can't put together a Tesla. He had people whom were in those fields who were car people, who were electric motor people, and stuff like that. You know. To put that stuff together, he didn't. He, you couldn't give him a bunch of parts if he put together, just give him some motors and doors and all that kind of stuff, and he put together a car that's going to electric car that's going to run. No, you got money. You hire the best and smartest people to be able to do the things that you need to do. 
Right. And he just gave away but all his he, packs. But he has, yeah, but he has given, you know, he, he has given things out to people. And, I mean, to the world. And he has uh, tried to warn people about the AI that they haven't heeded his his warnings, you know. And now it's too late. It's too late. You can't control this AI. It's already out. Can you, know, you can you tell us what, 19, what's the name of those? In 1965, in 1965, the computer that was bigger bigger than your house could play tic tac toe, and in 40, 50 years, it beat the best Alpha Go, beat the best Go player in the world. And Alpha and Go is the most complex and complicated game on earth. It has more moves and possibilities than there are atoms in the universe. I mean, if you took every atom that the sun, Jupiter, Earth, and all that's proposed of, it wouldn't get anywhere near the different moves that Go, the game, has inside of that game. And AlphaGo beat the best Go player in the world through playing itself because it couldn't a year a year or so ago two years ago it couldn't beat the best go player it couldn't beat any of the top players but then playing itself is superhuman now it can beat every go player on earth that plays go all at the same time it's kind of like Bobby Fischer when he'd be playing 20 people at a time and he'd walking through, you know, making moves on different chess boards uh, and playing all these people at, at once. AlphaGo is superhuman in that respect. And all you do is blockchain it, hook it to a fast, uh, low-latency uh, informational structure, whereas when you want to play Go, it flips to AlphaGo. When you want to talk to the Senate, it flips to Sophia. When you want to make a car, it goes to the robots in the car. When you want to change the channel and make everybody watch the same thing at the same time, you just change the channel. And things will be embedded. We move to embedded. We're dealing with particles, black goo, gray goo. Where the where the sidewalks have intelligence that your tire when it hits a pothole the pothole will call the county and the robots will come up out and fill the pothole up but the thing about it is because we no longer we have the same type of financial system where people are working the same we don't need um, uh, ten guys riding around a truck with asphalt and Seven of them get out to fill a hole, and they're making uh, $32 an hour filling holes on the sidewalk with asphalt. We'll have smart concrete, smart asphalt, where the holes fill themselves. Where our clothing has informational structures and has uh, a way to let you know that this ain't the shirt to wear today because it wasn't washed. 
But the thing is that you have to wash it because the clothing fibers will shed dirt and funk and discoloration and all those kind of things. Whereas the shirts and clothing in your closet that you can bring the bring the orange shirt out and say, um, "Listen, Jarvis, I don't want an orange shirt today. Turn the fibers in the shirt to blue." These are all the things that were ha- are happening. You have so many different uh, options and varieties and things like that to do that it's going to be it's going to be absolutely off the chain. But the thing is, is that is all this technology going to be for everybody? No, because they're getting rid of people left and right. People are disappearing. All the people used to live in the projects, they had. They didn't go to they didn't go to uh, Mississippi. Where all the people at? Where all these people disappearing in the hospital? Oh well, we we lost so and so. Organ harvesting, all of this. Artificial pancreases, where you get the software off the internet. Your pancreas is not functioning properly. Your artificial pancreas is not functioning properly. You know. Go home and type your code in so that we can, you know, uh, see what's going on with your pancreas. Tantra, Kundalini, family, sex with multiple beings, changelings, virtual sex. We having sex with the virtual virtual reality sex. Non-touch sex, that's from Judge Dredd, where uh, Sandra Bullock and Sylvester Stallone had sex with the little head uh, gear. They already have that kind of stuff. They have the Wi-Fi penis and the Wi-Fi vagina. Where you put your penis in the artificial vagina and your girlfriend... Uh, you you in uh, uh, Chicago and she in L.A. and she put the artificial penis in there and it will mirror strokes without latency in over the Wi-Fi. That's 5G. That's 5G sex. New things they're working on right now. Your girlfriend what? in Los Angeles, you in Chicago, you go to the house and get, uh, you you get in the bed and you put the um, artificial vagina, you know, or the artificial booty, whatever, on the bed, and as you stroke, she feels it in Los Angeles. These are the type of options and different type of things that are out here. So people who are, you know, and with CRISPR, since CRISPR, which is the um, genetic manipulator, where you can make the design of babies and change people's DNA and all that kind of stuff, insert, cut out DNA, put in, make therian props and stuff like that, you know, because they already have made the two the two Christmas babies already and uh, a woman is pregnant with another one because you can't stop these types of technologies because somebody's going to do it. I think it comes on the night. They get ready to clone a woolly mammoth. They get ready to clone a Tasmanian tiger. They get ready to clone a dire wolf. For 
the new exotic zoos that they're bringing about. Kalendi. Kalendi. Yes. Yes. I just I just went to I just went to Google. Now I believe you, but I'm still from Missouri. I just went to Google and typed in Wi-Fi sex. Guess how many results yeah. came up in point three eight? Guess how many results came up in point three eight seconds? Um, probably uh, three or four million. One hundred and ten million. Okay. One hundred and ten well. results came up when I, I typed in Wi-Fi sex, and Google was like, "Oh, here you go," and like these articles. I'm looking at stuff from 2017. That's the old. That's the old stuff. That's not what I'm. I'm talking about. I'm talking about the, the newest technology oh, no, because the newest. No, I'm saying because, because the. Go ahead. No, I'm saying because of how Google works. Like something that was written three months ago hasn't ciphered to the top of the search engine. So in yeah. 2017, when this article was written. Something from 2015 was at the top. So when I look and see a 2017 article at the top, I know somebody wrote something yesterday. I know somebody wrote something this morning. I know, you well, know, that that yeah. information just hasn't ciphered to the top yet. Well, see the the difficult the difficulty with um, what's going to be, uh, which is going to be which is solved with 5G. In the 5G network, the Internet of Things is latency. It's like when you have the new wow. two newscasters on TV, and you have one newscaster there in the studio, and the other newscaster is standing on the uh, the grass of the White House, and he says, "Terry, um, what does the White House Christmas tree look like?" Then you get a about a three, a two and a half, three second delay, and he'll say, "Oh." The White House tree, uh, Christmas tree is very beautiful this year. It has a million bumps on it. And then they'll say something else, and you'll get that two-second delay going to come because uh, information is, you know, it, it takes time to move. But with 5G, the latency will be gone. When you say, Harry, what does the White House uh, Christmas tree look like? Well, this year, uh, Harry, it has a million bumps, and there won't be any latency in it. And that was the difficulty with, um, dealing with the uh, Wi-Fi sex because when you make the stroke, it ain't gonna get to California for three seconds. So, so you you do the stroke and then you're waiting that you respond, oh 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 John, you know, two seconds later. Whereas with the 5G, the stroke there will be no latency. When you push forward, she will feel the entering right then. So there won't be any latency in there. That's the same thing with, um, like you're working a bulldozer, and you're in New York, and the bulldozers in Pennsylvania. You don't want to turn. You don't want to turn if you come into the uh, the big hole. When you turn, you don't want a two second delay for the bulldozer to turn. When you turn it, you want it to turn. As you turn it, and that's what's going to make the difference in self-driving cars, especially when all cars are connected and you're connected to the road and you're connected to the street lights and you're connected to um, all of the different things that will make your car safer and stop accidents and things like that because there won't be any latency. When the guy in front puts on the brakes, there's no human 
two-tenths of a second before you can get to the break. No. When the lights, when, when they're touching, when the artificial intelligence is breaking, it's already informed the car behind that it is breaking so they can break at the same time as the car in front. So you don't get that delay where, oh, you're going, did somebody put on their brake, and by the time you put your foot on there, bang, you don't run into the backup. That will disappear from the narrative of a human being driving as opposed to the artificial intelligence system that will be driving all cars at the same time, and that's the difference. It won't be self-driving cars. It will be a self-driving system that is connected with all of the cars on the road, except for a few exotic, very rich people who will have an old Porsche or, you know, a Model T Ford Day or, you know, the the Gratiot Dream Cruise where everybody comes out with their old we drive by myself cars and things like that. And then there'll come a time very soon that people will no longer know how to will no longer know how to drive. Here's a generation that won't be able to know how to drive cars because cars driving fails. You get in the car and you look at a movie or something or, you know, uh, play goal. That's what we're moving to. Families are very, very different. There's a book out called uh, The, what was it? The, the Family That Never Was, The Myth of the 1950s Family After World War II, where you have the mother, the father, the daughter, and the son, and they all lived in that uh, perfect little house, and everybody was happy and all that kind of stuff. That, that never was. You know, it never was. There was always some craziness going on, conflict and all that kind of stuff. Hmm. Us, because we were just coming out of the South trying to uh, uh, build a better life, you know, my folks came up because Henry Ford said $5 a day, which was unheard of. Folks went to the Chicago stockyards. Folks went to New York to try to try to hustle, to get a drive, get a job on a streetcar, get a job in the subway, get a job on the docks, because they were moving away from family farms. They were taking land, you know. So folks started moving out to Los Angeles and San Francisco. They started moving to Seattle and they started moving to St. Louis and all those things from off the farm. Read John Steinbeck's The Grapes of Wrath. How folks were moved off their land. So, you know, this is all a systematic propaganda program that was placed upon uh, the the general public, the American public, the worldwide public, you know. Rockefellers created feminism and enslaved humanity. I think there's an article in, you could Google it, you know, I think it's 
uh, how Rockefeller created feminism and enslaved humanity by well, wanting Bible, to make article, men and women the same. Our, our men article, and women ain't the same. Our, that's right. Our article that we have to write is, to me, I feel what you're saying is ethnogen based. We don't have to wait on anybody because I know you are you are a big advocate of grow your own. Remember last week you said if I go to the multiverse and the gin said, do you want to smoke with me? Say, nah, I got my own. So now that's the that is the if we're gonna go back to the ancient and having our own. Can you speak on the importance of having your own and growing your own and having your own experience? Well, you have if you if you have now unless the child that has its own, you know, if you have <laughs> access to your tra- your your travel documents and your own plane and uh, all of that, and you can you can fly where you want to fly. That's good. That's better than being in the doggone uh, airport, you know, where you pay Spirit or somebody else to 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 fly to California, and you know you're you're a a, a slave to um, the airport and the airport system. You know, and now that's the artificial intelligence running that. You know, they don't fly. The, the humans don't fly the planes. The planes no more. The humans don't um, get tickets anymore. The tickets are all run through the artificial intelligence, and they come up with the fares. You know whether it be cheap flights or whatever, I'm going to, I'm going to uh, go through 400 different flights to see what's the cheapest one you can get to LaGuardia. And when them planes get up, then pilots don't do it. And I talked to a pilot. You know, he's saying he's trying to go down to 25,000 feet, and he's pushing the doggone sticks and stuff, and the computer's telling him that he can't do that. So, no, the pilots ain't flying the planes. The computers, the artificial intelligence is flying the plane. Not artificial intelligence are building the planes. Got a plane coming out this year that is solely built by the artificial intelligence. I mean, they still at Lockheed or Boeing or wherever, or, you know, Airbus, you know, they still got folks working there at the plant and all that. But the design and all of that, and how the wings are shaped and, you know, the efficiency of the dynamics of the body and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, uh, lighter, you know, a lighter plane and all that, all that is designed by our artificial intelligence. It'll come a time where it's all built by the artificial intelligence and the robots. So, Yes, this is, we're in a brave new world. All the Suxley's brave new world, yes. <laughs> As you say, the roaring 20s. Uh, if that's anybody has a, if, if anybody wants to get on the line tonight, the call-in number is 917-889-3803. Please press 1 at any time. If you got a comment, question, or feedback on anything you heard tonight, um, we don't really have opportunities like this to sit down with someone who 
is giving us this type of, uh, man, I don't know if you want to call it first hand, zero hand, or like uh, I call it strategy because we don't need information no more. Like tonight and all of these episodes to me have been strategic. You're talking about going out with your boyfriend or girlfriend tomorrow for Valentine's Day, another distraction. Not that you don't, not that you shouldn't take care of your loved ones in your house, but we're trying to keep things in in perspective. So I'm really appreciative for everybody that came on the show tonight. If you have a comment, question, or feedback, please press the number one, and we will definitely um, bring you bring you on uh, with with that comment, question, or feedback. Also tonight. For those who have been on every show, I want you to get out your pen, and I want you to write down this PayPal address because I'm going to do something unprecedented tonight. Um, This is just how I feel off my heart. Um, Every year, just by me watching Baba Kalende's videos, he's traveling around the world. He's going to Prague again this year. He's been in Australia. Like all the videos that are coming to your phone or or to your laptop, like he's in other parts of the world doing these engagements. So I want people to say, hey, let's show some appreciation and drop a little something on the brother's PayPal. So his um, PayPal address is Kalende at Hotmail, K-I-L-I-N-D-I at Hotmail, K-I-L-I-N-D-I at Hotmail. If you don't get it and you need me to send it to you, you can send me a text or you can send me a message on Facebook, and I will send you his email. But it's Kalindi at Hotmail. Drop five, ten, twenty dollars, twenty thousand dollars, whatever, to show some appreciation. Because when you look at your bookshelf, your bookshelf doesn't have this. Like I know I got a couple thousand dollars worth of books on my bookshelf. I don't have all this. And really, what's more important than books is the synergistic, the piece, like he's bringing so many things together for me, like even not just on the show but off the show in a way that by just being himself, by being an example of what an explorer is, they, they have that, um, you know, people moving from Facebook over to Patreon. I know you heard about that, Baba, where they used to be patrons of people who were in the yeah. arts, even though, um, even though Baba Kalende is a hati, I think that's it, one who strikes, and he is a teacher and a scholar, but it's, he's still an artist, you know, at the root of it, you know, and, and we need to we need to be patrons of our artists that are assisting us. So, on behalf of Coach Kair, don't send me nothing. Send it, you know, send it, uh, send it to my big brother who is. He don't come and be like, well, look, man, you're going to have to break me. He he takes out of his time. He might have a ton of other things. I'm sure he got a ton of other things to go on. So I want everybody to, you know, show show some support, Five, ten, twenty dollars $20 a night, you know, put something together. If you listen to the replay, man, and you got something from this show or you want to go back to, I guarantee you you're going to hear $1,000 worth of button clicking. To me, Colin, Colin, what's the number I'm looking for? I mean, I mean, what's the word I'm looking for when things, when you have that light bulb moment, you had that aha moment? What's the word I'm looking for? What, uh, what Eureka? And the Eureka. Yeah. Yeah. How much, how much 
our epiphany worth to you? How much are our epiphanies worth to you? If you don't have your, as he says, travel paper, paper, papers or, or saw five grams or seven grams or nine grams yet, how much is the epiphany worth for you to say, you know, I was thinking about that, but nobody was validating me. Nobody was coming and giving me more additional information so I could put two and two together and get 22 or put two and two together and get, one, you know, 11-11. Now this has been happening. So on the behalf of Team Taurus, Coach Kyrie in the A, anybody want to match me for five, ten, twenty dollars? I'm in on tonight. K i l i n d i at Hotmail. It was unsolicited from Baba. This this on me. I'm saying that because we're not taking. And I'm and I'm gonna tell y'all a reason why too. Baba not getting ready to go nowhere. And but at the same time, Delbert Blair had came to Greensboro to do a lecture. And then after the lecture, like, we went out dancing. I never seen nobody in their 80s. I saw Delbert Blair outdance a club full of Mexicans. He outdanced. He, he was in that type of shape. He stayed on the floor all night. I, had, I mean, it was three or four songs. It was just him and the sister on the, on the dance floor. But when he passed, they had to raise money for his funeral. See, I, I ain't going through that no more. When somebody asked me, like, last week, when Chris and Lighton say, Yo, how do I get in contact with the wealth god or how do I plug into the wealth or materialize the money down here? Like we real about that because everything else has been fluff. Tonight what I got from this conversation was we need the scientists to become explorers and go back and bring back those things that the ancient ones had before us. So and I wanna hear from somebody who's who's been listening in tonight and give me your feedback. Like, what was something that touched you tonight and, you know, inspired you to be like, yo, I got to go start pulling from this ancient technology? 917-889-3803. And the email address, one more time, is kalindi at hotmail. And he's not going to be counting and be like, oh, y'all didn't. He's not that type of brother. He's super, super humble. But I think that just offer a sign of respect that we could do that for the brother. Um, help him have a little something in his pocket when he over there in Prague or he might need a wooden stake to keep back the vampires when he over in Transylvania or, or something like that. You know, the vampires, I don't know if they like dark meat or not, but you know, I'm probably sure you're not out there at that time. When they, when they out there, you you, you know, already moved on. You know what I mean? I, I know you got nimble feet. So I'm a, as a matter of fact, I'm going to start off with you, uh, with you, uh, Firewater. What was one of the big things that you – uh, drew from tonight's uh, conversation or tonight's share. Oh my goodness! Um, actually, I have a question that would, would help me to think about that. Which is, I was thinking about uh, a, with a partner traveling the multiverse, and it's always, um, um, I've always wanted to know: is your sense of self-control still present at the, like a high dose? If it's like you and your partner are both in off of 20 grams is your sense of self-control still there or do you run the opportunity or risk of impregnating your partner inadvertently mm. oh i mean uh, anytime <laughs> anytime if it's the right time it's fertility and you're, you're moving through the multiverse they're gonna stop somebody getting pregnant here if you if you let loose <laughs> um so, you know, take all, take all precautions that you want to take as far as that whole thing uh, is, 
<laughs> going through the multiverse. So, um, I mean, like, I'm not going to just you know, lose track all, of where it, I am. It, 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 and it, it doesn't always have to be um, physical intercourse. It can be close proximity, hyperdimensional intercourse, you know. So I'm, you know, I'm, uh, you know, I'm uh, uh, very soon approaching uh, one of my anniversaries of uh, what anniversary of when I uh, was in Egypt in the Great Pyramid laying in the sarcophagus or the the, uh, transmutation uh, vessel. And I'm going to revisit that from 40 years ago. Uh, on a, a high dose of mushrooms uh, coming up here real soon, so I'm looking forward to my anniversary and time traveling back into uh, that uh, that time when uh, you know I was a bit younger, 40 years ago, and laying down in the uh, sarcophagus inside of the Great Pyramid and things like that, stuff that you can't do uh, too much today because of uh, you know the different Sensibilities of what's going on in Egypt now, the you know head of the antiquities and all that kind of stuff. Because when I went, you know you got you know climbed on top of the sphinx head and uh, on its back and run around there trying to find the secrets and all that kind of stuff. It was uh, you know an amazing, uh, amazing experience. You know, I need to get back to Ghana also the Kumasi to the uh, sort of a Copa Noche where, you know, uh, I couldn't pull it out when I was there last, so I'm going to try again to pull that sword out the ground. Um, you know, so there's still mysteries and uh, places to move to on Earth. I want to try to make it to Gobekli Tepe. Uh, I wanted to do that a few years ago, but there was fighting because it's very close to the Syrian border and the United States forces and uh, their whole configuration was fighting there close to it. And I didn't want to get, you know, <laughs> blown up or nothing like that. Uh, so, you know, still a lot of things to go. I want to go to Baalbek in Thailand and, uh, you know, walk a bit of the Great Wall of China and all those different types of things to uh, finish out the explorations of the Earth uh, before moving on to, you know, uh, other realms and stuff like that. So, you know, learn to uh, learn to start disciplining your doses of the tryptamine hallucinogenic compounds. Uh, learn how to grow uh your entheogen so that you can have them available when you're ready to go. Uh, you know, and, you know, that's what we need to do. That's what we need to start doing, start to get in, start to go in deep, starting to be courageous in our actions, not letting negativity move in, you know, uh, uh, into these things. You know, that's where you discipline uh, your meditation, all that yoga and tai chi, your qigong, your uh, all of your martial arts training, and all that kind of stuff comes in. You know, nope, I ain't gonna have no nonsense tonight. I got a goal that I'm working on. Let's move 
back into the uh, into the libraries and the informational structures because I'm trying and moving through this place to get to those places that I need to get to so that I can get the mileage information so that I can move the house forward. Um, man, Bob, uh, I got two people on the line. I'm gonna ask you one quick yeah. question because we got a lot of we have a lot of new callers on, and I know that yes. in the recording they heard you say, "Yeah, take 25 grams and you and your partner and go on out there and have tantric sex." Can you please give people the recommended the the recommended inching up technique? Can you give them the recommended inching up technique real quick? The five seven nine inching up and how is no race. And you know, or do you want them to just jump the twenty five out the gate? No, I don't want them to jump the twenty five out the gate. Um that would wouldn't be real responsible as far as abilities are concerned, although some people do it. The protocol we recommend because everybody's grown, you can do what you want to do, but you have to take responsibility for it. So me saying this or saying that, don't Listen to what I got to say. Don't believe nothing I say. Do your own research so that you know and understand and can make informed decisions for yourself because I'm not taking the blame for nobody doing nothing. Um, <laughs> we start out with five dry grams of uh, psilocybin mushrooms, preferably psilocybin tubensis of one form or another. They have all different type of, you know, brand names for them, you know, just like with cannabis, you know, your killer, thriller, you know, dump, dump blue and all that kind of stuff. They all got their own brand names, you know, but they usually hook them to the places where they find the particular mushroom that they create the spore print off to make the other spore prints to make the spore syringes and things like that. So if they find the mushroom in Thailand, they call it, Psilocybin Thailand or Psilocybin Thai. If they find it in Australia, they're Psilocybin Australia. Find it in Mexico, Psilocybin Mexicana. If they find it in uh, wherever you name, they name it after the place. So preferably Psilocybin Cubensis because Cubensis uh, and Logos are very commonly the same, whichever one you take it. At high doses now, they're going to diverge because if you get. Um, Psilocybin Cambodia, you're going to get Angkor Wat, and you're going to get that whole system because the mushrooms grow at Angkor Wat. They built Angkor Wat, just like the mushrooms built the Great Pyramid of Khufu Khafra and Minkan Ra and the whole kinetic system with the Jehudi and Ansar and Aset and uh, Anup and all, of, all the rest of the um, family of raw there. Um, you to get the psilocybin Aztec or Mexican, you're gonna get all Toltec, Aztec and Mayan iconography, you're gonna get the Jaguar Knights, you're gonna get the all and all that kind of stuff. So five grams of dried psilocybin cubensis mushrooms for the first dosage. And with a sitter. A sitter is not a guide, a guru, a shaman, or any of that. The sitter just is in the other room, and if you get confused, they can say, no, take your butt back in the bed. You're not going out 
and tell people you're God or nothing like that. Just go back in the bedroom. You need a light on, you need some music, you need somebody to talk to. That's what the sitter does. But the sitter ain't guiding you through the multiverse and, you know, telling you how to use your power and all that kind of stuff because they don't know no more where you are than the man in the moon. And that's the same thing with the shamans and the gurus and all them people. They don't know where the heck you're at, you know, unless they're going to take it and go in there with you. And then they still may not be in the same place you're in. So after you've taken had your five-gram experience, um, may be beautiful, may be challenging, whatever it is, the next time you go in, you go in seven grams, seven dry grams with a sitter. Again, sitter shouldn't engage you too much, shouldn't give you too much conversation unless you need some conversation or need to uh, give somebody some talk. After you finish with that experience, you go to nine dry grams. After nine dry grams, you've taken you had your experience, then you can then, if you feel comfortable with it, because the five, seven, and nine is just to take you in and get you in, you know. And if you feel comfortable at that point in time, after the nine grams, then you can go on your own solo without the sitter. But if you still want a sitter, you can continue to use the sitter for the rest of all the journeys you do, if that's what you want. But the goal is to get rid of the sitter. In other words, you can't be a baby in the crib for your whole life. You got to get out of the crib, and they're going to give you a, a bed instead of being in the crib. You can't be a baby all the time. <laughs> so you have to let the you have to let the sitter go. Like at some point, you let mama. And daddy go. Not that they're not your mom and daddy as far as letting them go, but, you know, you get out the house, you get away. You know, you start going out and exploring the, the neighborhood. Then after the neighborhood, you start exploring the, your city. And after your city, you start exploring the state. Then all of a sudden, if you're in, you know, St. Louis, you start going to New York and Atlanta and all those different types of things. But you don't need a sitter with you to go to all the different places. And it's the same with this. After nine grams, you then no longer need a sitter. And you can explore solo, and that's where the real work comes in because then you don't have no crutch, you don't have nobody to grow, grab onto, you don't have anybody that if you scream, they'll come running and help you. You got to do it all yourself, and that's what builds power, that's what builds tenacity, that's what gives you the ability to be able to use your own fire to face things in darkness that you would not have imagined. So you move up. Incrementally, you don't just start out with 25 grams. You start moving up two grams at a time, you know. And some people may never reach 25 grams because everybody has a different goal. But we're speaking to those people that want to know, that want to know what all this is about. They want to know the origins of everything. They want to know where we're going. They want to be able to see things that have never been seen go places that have never that, that no one else has ever gone to. And to explore places that people talked about in legend that um you never would have believed were were there. Asgard and Olympus <laughs> Kile Ise. I'm talking about the original Say. 
not the Ile Ife in Nigeria, but the Ile Ife in the Syria star system of which the Ile Ife in Nigeria are patterned after. The same with the Akan. Those places in the Sirius star system from which the Akan come from, where they get the black medicine from, which is uh, ground meteorite dust with other things mixed, herbs from the planets in star systems far, far away, burnt down the charcoal. That's the, the black medicine that they put in those cuts when they cut you. Not some stuff that they, not, not the stuff that they, <laughs> these folks got here now, you know, uh, that is, is not the real thing. It's not the real orbitally rearranged monatomic elements that you take. You put it on an egg and you eat it. You take it and put it in your hand, put a pile of it in your hand and tap the side of your hand and it's so fine that it goes down in your pores into your bloodstream or they cut you and rub the black medicine on those cuts. And some of them keloid raise up. Others, it goes straight in and closes over, and you just see the black slits. That's all the medicine that connects you hyperdimensionally to those planets and to those ancestors from which we came before we were on the earth. That don't mean that we ain't Africans. We Africans, yes, but we have a deeper and greater Antiquity in that uh, that we don't come from the solar system of this planet. What are you greater? Mm. What what's greater? Okay, I'm an African of the Earth, or is it greater that I'm an African of the Earth that traveled thousands of light years from planets in other galaxies and solar systems outside of the Milky Way? And we made, and my consciousness made it all the way to the earth as a particle smaller than nothing, built myself into a body so that I could push the genetics forward, the DNA forward, and emerge in this universe, super hybridize my DNA into a super being, and go back into the multiverse, back into the places where I came from, you know. Like children betting, I bet I can become nothing. Then I bet I can become something and find my way all the way back here, 152,000 light years from the place that I went to. I'm going to tag the pole and I'm going to beat you back here. They're going to beat me back. We race into the earth. <laughs> we, we race into the earth as nothing. We're going to become something. Build technology, find our way back all the way here. And tag the pole like children playing tag. I bet you can't beat me to the earth and make it all the way wow. back here. We've got to stop in Sirius. We've got to stop in this galaxy. We have to run through this black hole. You know, just like you did when you were a kid. I'm going to touch the big tree. I'm going to run down to the corner, run around the light post, come back, jump on Miss Mabel's old car that don't work, do a flip. And run back here and tag the tree before you do it. That's what we're talking about. So, 579 are the dosages with a sitter. After nine, you don't need a sitter. You move up incrementally. 
there's no end to the rabbit hole because there's the LD50 of psilocybin, the mushroom, is very, very high. You have to eat your body weight in one sitting of the compound to kill yourself with it or to make you sick because LD50 means that how much of the compound that you can feed to, feed to 100 rats before it kills 50 of them. So if you ate, if you 180 pounds, if you ate 150 pounds of mushrooms, it still may not kill you. And you can't eat 150, 180 pounds of nothing because it's going to throw half, you can throw half of it up or you can get it down. Not even the champion in the Nathan's hot dog eating contest can do that. Little Japanese guy. He got an entourage. He got followers and all that kind of stuff because he's the champion hot dog eater of the earth. They go to Nathan's Hot Dogs. Nathan's Hot Dogs is a hot dog in Coney Island. And this little guy eats 50 or 60 of them hot dogs at one time. And that's not 100 pounds of food. You can't eat 100 pounds of food. Nobody can. So mm. the LD50 is so high you can't, it's impossible for you to kill yourself with it. You can eat it, it ain't gonna, you ain't going to kill yourself with it. It's non-addicting. In other words, you can't get addicted to it. I had some mushrooms on Saturday night, and I ain't ready to do it again. I said, well, <laughs> let's see. This is February. In April, I'll do it again. You know, April 5th or something like that, I'll do it again. So they went, oh, man, I got the scratching and all that kind of stuff. Man, I need another hit in a mushroom. No, it ain't that kind of party. It doesn't work like that. You know, and once you get into some challenging times, you're going to People say, if you ain't if, with mushrooms and hallucinogenics, if you ain't never, if this is how you know that, you know, you if you if you ain't never said, oh shit, this, I didn't took too much this time. If you ain't never said that, you ain't never took enough. <laughs> <laughs> I, didn't took too, oh, I didn't did it this time. I didn't took too much. If you ain't never said that, you ain't never took enough. And and if you ain't never said, this is the last time I'm doing this. I ain't never doing this again. You ain't never did it. <laughs> I done did it. Come out of, come out of that next morning. I say, y'all, shit, I'm getting all this, all this out of here. Throwing all this stuff away. <laughs> and I ain't never doing this again. You know, that's how you know. That's how you know you done did it. And you throw it in the trash, and then, you know. An hour, an hour and a half later, you went out to the trash can and pulled it all out the trash can and put it back in the freezer. <laughs> oh, I'm so happy that's you're making you know that story you, up. That's how you know. Man, I am so happy that, you, that, that you're that making that story up. That can't be a true story. You, or you heard about somebody. Man, that is a good one right there. <laughs> no, I heard about somebody. I said, I ain't never doing this again. <laughs> I took, took the whole stash and threw it in the trash. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, I, go out there, I, I go out there later and get it, but, you know, I meant it at the time. You know. And many a time I said, okay, this Saturday I'm going to take, I'm gonna take uh, 30 grams or 25 grams or 30 grams. Or, yeah, I'm going to do it this Saturday. This Saturday comes. I was standing there looking at the refrigerator. Say, no, I'm gonna just well, I'm I'm just I'm gonna just wait till next next Saturday. I'll do it next Saturday. I, 
I'm going to do it next Saturday. I ain't doing it this Saturday. Next Saturday comes like, no, I'm going to do it uh, next next Saturday, you know, because I usually do mine on Saturday night so I can rest up Sunday. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, yeah, be that way sometimes. <laughs> you know, I do it because I know I have to do it. <sighs> I know it's something that I have to do, you know. And psilocybin is very... You know, it likes to show you the beautiful things and the wonderful stuff and the aliens and the births of beautiful universes and flying through space and time and, you know, going to exotic places, seeing uh, stuff like, you know, you go and the, the water is orange and the skies are purple and there's four suns there with planets sitting uh, like it's a, it's a super space movie or something like that. And, exotic creatures coming through and, you know, uh, uh, female humanoids with exotic color, you know, the green woman, you know, the, the purple woman and, you know, all that kind of stuff, you know. I mean, you 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 know, all those beautiful things. Then there's other things that, you know, uh, you don't necessarily want to deal with, but you got to deal with them anyway because it's out there and you want to step up to the plate accept the challenge and keep moving forward. We got a couple callers on the line. Let me get to the first one. Callers from the uh five room two. I ain't mean to hit it that time. That was an accident, but maybe that was maybe that was the psilocybin in me. Uh caller from the five one three seven two zero. Your mic is wide open. Can I get your name and where you're calling from, please? Greetings, greetings. This is Chris and Lane from Cincinnati. How your brothers doing today? Greetings. Peace, peace. I got a peace, peace. Loving the show. I'm always mesmerized by your astute this information, man, that you be dropping. And just, I'm sitting here with the queen, and we just both just baffled as usual. But um, I got a question about couples. Um, what's the, oh well, married couples or couples in general? What's the dose that we should do so we can traverse the the multiverse together? Is it five, seven, nine, ten? How many grams will be the optimal amount for us to go together and be as one? And just sharing that experience. Well, it's a synergy of energy, and everybody's physiology is different. So you all have to find mm. your, dose, your dose for you all um, for your experience. Because uh, at, at too much, at too much uh, for the couple thing, you can you, you can not be together. You'll be floating and flying yourself. So. Um, as you both go through your five, seven, and nine, you watch her, she watch you. You don't take them together until you gain experience. You know, mm. when you get up around and past 15, you know, you both can take um, seven together or nine together and work your way up incrementally as you do your doses over time because this, this ain't a sprint, it's a marathon. And you build the okay. same thing. When y'all, hit the, when y'all hit the right number, Say, uh, say it's fifteen grams. Y'all reserve that for y'all doing the, you know, you, you, y'all going in together. Y'all reserve that fifteen grams. Okay. Every time we're gonna go in together, we do fifteen, but we're still pushing the the personal uh, excursion, you know, on past fifteen and twenty and twenty five and stuff like that. Okay. Over time, it won't be in one. It won't be in one year. You know, mm. it, it wouldn't be in one okay. year. This would be oh, over over the span of time. You know, because they 
It ain't no rush. It ain't no race. But we can't linger it on too long because we got to get in because this stuff is moving fast. And 2020 mm. is, you know, uh, that's the uh, that's the time that stuff is going to be, you know, moving forward so fast because you know they manipulate time. You know they have they have time codes they manipulate. Weeks was flying by like mm. days used to fly fly by. Every time I'm every time I turn around I'm taking the trash out. You know, mm. I, I I trash you got to set it out on Sunday because Monday that's when. The trash man comes. So every time I turn around, it looks like I'm just Groundhog Day or something like that. I'm dragging that doggone trash can to the front of the house so they can pick it up on Monday morning. Because time mm. is so fast because they moved, they they turned it up a couple of notches. Mm. Earl, earlier on in the show, you mentioned how the cross is a tool used to take your energy away. Um, I've never that been. Was, I, I didn't hear that. Say again. Sure. Earlier you mentioned how the Christian cross was a device or a tool that uses that's that's used to suck our energy away. Um, I've never been no, attracted to or drawn to. I said it was to manipulate to manipulate your energy that you mm. um, have put your faith and energy into a particular symbol, and they can manipulate that symbol. The cross is pre-Christian. But they have adopted it as a, you know, they have adopted it as a, um, uh, a symbol that can be used to manipulate people. That's why you know mm. you get there and they fall on the knees before the cross and you know yeah. clasp the hands together to pray. So it's it's manipulating you because symbols mm. are to to serve you. You not to serve the symbol. You know, there's no, to, there's no reason to get to get on your knees before the cross. No more it is for you to get on your knees before the uncle or for you to get on your knees if you had a deodecadrian or something like that or a square mm-hmm. or, a, a, you know, a hopscotch jack, you know. So it's used to manipulate the energy and manipulate the emotional body of a person. Okay. Thank you, thank you. I will be making a donation tonight. I appreciate you, and thanks again. So I appreciate you, and uh, always an honor when I can uh, share some things, and, and, you know, it's helpful. Peace. All right, thank you. Thank you, big brother. Peace. Um, Big shout out to the sister who already – uh, we got somebody already out there who dropped 15 on Brother Kalende, so we're looking for somebody to match at least that tonight. I got that covered, so we're looking for somebody else also. I ain't having no fundraiser. We supposed to be doing this. You supposed to have some extra, you know what I'm saying, to show love, you know. So big shout out to the sister. She uh, anonymously, you know, already dropped something on the on Big Brother, so I just want to go ahead and recognize her. Uh, next caller on the line, caller from nine five one two six one. Your mic is wide open. Can I get your name and where you're calling from, please? Yeah, this is a big man call from California. Just want to say, yes. uh, uh, I don't like to say thank you, the elder, uh, for uh, the information that he's given. I mean, mind blowing stuff. I got, I got on the call kind of late. I was trying to take care of some stuff with my son, but uh, I listened to the last show and uh, started talking about the metanetter and. You know, Kyrie is definitely giving out um, 
great information with the guests and, and me being exposed to you. I'm definitely going to start looking at some of your YouTube stuff. And I, I do greatly appreciate you um, bringing the information and just exposing it to, to, to us who are willing to, to understand and explore um, and the need, you know, when you start talking about Eli Musk and, you know, start talking about the aspect of strategy, a lot of us are completely unaware of what is about to happen. And, you know, for you to just illustrate the strategy of, you know, the powers that be and what their agenda is and how to get your own uh, positioning, that's that's uh, un- unequivocally uh, great information. I just want to say and take the moment to say thank you for uh, – you know, being and doing the work that you do and and uh, continue to uh, pass that down to the individuals who are willing to accept that challenge. Like you said. Well, well, thank you for coming on the show and listening and things like that. Appreciate it. No questions tonight, Coach. Uh, like I said, I'll just sit back, try to watch and, and uh, get as much as I can and then uh, – Maybe next week. I don't know if we have an additional one, but I'll, I'll I'll have a doozy next week if I if I get the opportunity. Thank you, my brother. We appreciate you for hanging in. And next week we're doing the Younger Dryers. Lord have mercy. That's all I can tell you on that one. Next week is the Younger Dryers. So I'm gonna talk to you next week, big bro. All right, then. Peace. You guys have a good evening. Peace. Yeah. Just talking about uh, just talking about tel- uh, 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 technology and. The merge of technology with uh, history and astrophysics and quantum mechanics and all these different things. They got a they have a new camera that can actually see around corners and things like that. Actually see. Uh, it, it, well, what it does is it it records a trillion frames per second. It can take. And put in slow motion a light uh, a light photon, and this thing can you you can manipulate you can start manipulating with this camera. You know, like I said, you can see around corners, and they'll be they'll put them on rifle scopes and things like that. They'll be in your phone, um, where you can you know uh, eventually they'll be in your phone until they get rid of phones altogether, but. The thing, I mean, it's it's magnificent. These things they are coming up with that will all be intertwined and interwined into the technology that we have. So the cameras that are on your house, you know, when somebody goes in, you know, or goes around the corner, you keep following them around the corner with the camera. Without going around the counter, a corner with the camera. The corners from its vanished point you see around the camera, uh, around the corners. So, you know, MIT created it. They put it out for open source because they want people to come up with different usages for this camera and things like that. So, um, coming along, coming along with all the stuff. It's got to be in there. We can't be, you know, uh, on the outside looking in because on the outside looking in, it ain't going to be fun. Caller from the 404-989. Your mic is wide open. Can I get your name and where you're calling from, please? 
Peace, blessings. This is Rashid calling from Atlanta. Peace, Rashid. Uh, thank you for, again, bringing the information to the family and to the masses. And I appreciate um, Lord Kair and Lord Firewater for hosting the platform. <clears throat> Excuse me. Boy, my uh, question tonight was uh, concerning when you were speaking about the um, the partners and the empeniogens um, and uh, the uh, the multiverse. And my question, I was wondering at what point did or did the mushrooms help you to find or to come in contact with your uh with your past wife and is it possible to uh because you were saying that all of your women have always been with you and always will be with you so in the multiverse um through the empionogens were you able to meet them and then did you meet them in the physical afterwards or vice versa? And um, could someone use the empionogens in that regard uh, in relation to how everyone is um, looking for their soulmates or twin flames? And then um, aside from that, uh, would the, uh, would the empionogens um, allow one to, um, to, traverse with their partner if the partner was, say, in another state or in another uh, place, if they both took, say, five or ten grams and they had the intention in different places, would that still be effective in that way? Thank you. Yes. Well, time and distance does not affect it uh, with the proper intention and discipline. So, yes, uh, we have a, a whole crew of people all around the world that are um, we're, we're working with what's called an interdimensional village of space and hyperspace that we're building where uh, people in different places and different times can get together and meet up in hyperspace even though they're not in physical contact um, so yes your lady can be in Chicago and you can be in New York and y'all say okay 9 o'clock we're going to take uh, 10 grams and we're going to meet up and start traveling the multiverse together. So, yes, you can do that. And that can be done even if the um, the partner, you know, your girlfriend, wife, or whatever has passed on to the next realm. You can meet up in hyperspace and still have a uh, relationship of conversation, of love, of uh, all those different types of things. So, wow, that's that's incredible. Thank you. Uh, the to the other the uh, first part of the question dealing in concern with the um, the individuals that you have soul ties or relationships with that you may not have met in the physical realm as of yet. Would you be able? Would one be able to traverse and meet them? in the multiverse and by that way, helping them to find, helping you to find them here in the physical, or is that even something? Uh, yes. I mean, all of those things come out of the entheogenic work, all of that magic, all of that intention, all of that stuff that, you know, um, they say is impossible or uh, is spookism and woo woo and all that kind of stuff. All those things are possible the entheogens make the impossible possible because you're no longer constrained by 
the physics or physicality of the three-dimensional five-sense reality. You are a multidimensional being, and you can manipulate that multidimensionality in real time without latency, eye-to-eye, hand-to-hand. It's, 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 uh, that's, that's it. it. It unleashes and gives you the ability to be able to exercise your power and sovereignty. You know, but it ain't a free ride. You have to discipline yourself. You have to practice. It's an art form. You have to invoke it from the mushroom. You have to discipline yourself. You just can't because it, it, adventures abound. You can start out thinking about one thing. I'm going to meet my partner with just 10 grand at 9 o'clock. And, you know, you shoot, you may see another one. Somebody else comes through there and, and, and trail off with them, you know. So it's, it's a discipline, it's an art form, you know, that give type thanks. of thing. Okay, give thanks. I appreciate your your time and your your wisdom and the the work and the uh, the energy you've put forth out of your life to be able to bring this to me, and I as well will be making a donation. I thank you. Um, I have a couple more questions, but I'll fall back for now for uh, anyone else. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate that. She, I'm going to see you at the after after party. <laughs> sure. All right. Uh, next caller, 336 uh, 416. Your mic is wide open. Brother Amsu, how you feeling tonight? Uh, feeling great, Coach. Coach Fire. Uh, Baba Glendy. Peace. Peace. Uh, Peace. Yeah. Uh, in regards to the. The the merge between machine and man, because I you know cause, because I'm seeing more of this right now. What is your what is your 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 take on how much to to get involved with the, the this uh, the technology? You know because like you said, you don't want we don't want to be like the dodo bird or like a cow in the field grazing. Um, Based upon the information, the technology that's in the mushroom, um, how do you, how do you see the, the 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 merge between that and to what we are becoming? Well, we, we I, I did a whole series of lectures for a whole year on the organic singularity. The singularity is an event horizon of which. We cannot see. In other words, what we are becoming, we can't see what that is. It's, trans, it's through transhumanism into the, the, the mystery. Verna Vinge, who was a science fiction writer and a, um, well, basically he wrote some science fiction books. And he wanted to write a science fiction novel about greater than human intelligence. And he found that he couldn't write about greater than human intelligence because he only had human intelligence because you don't know what a greater than human intelligence would be thinking about because you're not at that particular level. And it's the same thing here. We don't know what the next level is, but we know that we got to get there. Now we either have to reach a saturation point of which we unleash, um, like Rupert Sheldrake says, the, um, uh, the morphogenetic field within 
the 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 family. The morphogenetic field is a field of resonance of beings of the same, uh, well, I say genetic makeup, uh, historical structure, physiognomy, physiology, uh, neural basis, um, in other words, a stable neurological pattern that is human where you can set up a field of resonance that it will start raising the bar of the evolution by setting up this field. It's like everybody knows about the hundredth monkey or, you know, that whole thing where you got these monkeys on Madagascar and they would Mm -hmm. eat potatoes. And what they did was, they were on the beach. They had these potatoes that the folks had left for them, and the older monkeys would would clean the potatoes of this grit, gritty sand off the potatoes by hand. They just sit there all day cleaning these potatoes by hand, getting the grit off of them. Potatoes, but this one little female monkey came out, got up to what you would call a monkey teenage ship, and she just sat there cleaning the potato by hand looking at all the other monkeys, and so she just, we're on the damn beach. She threw the potato in the doggone ocean, and the grit came off immediately. The water was salty, made it taste a little better, and she started teaching the new, the, the young monkeys to just throw their potato in the water, and the young monkeys would throw their potatoes in the water and clean them off fast. The old monkeys would never do that. They just kept cleaning theirs by hand. But once it got a saturation point of these monkeys, the young monkeys cleaning their potatoes off to where they started having children and generations and things like that, these monkeys then didn't have to learn to throw their potatoes in the water. They came out of the womb just throwing their potatoes in the water. They never went through the stage of cleaning it by hand. The most important part of it, the most important part of it is that when it became a saturation point of these monkeys, cleaning their potatoes by throwing them in the ocean, all the monkeys of the same species all over the world who had who didn't have physical even didn't have physical contact with the monkeys on Madagascar, they came out of the womb throwing their potatoes in the water. And they had no right. contact. When lions learn a new honey con uh, a, a new honey technique and you get enough of the lions doing the new honey technique, the lions all over the world start doing this new technique, even though they don't have contact. And it's the same thing with the impudence by folks getting in and having these exotic magnanimous experiences, it will set up the morphogenetic field in the human, in the human family that will start raising up the organic singularity. Now that doesn't mean that you can't participate in the technological singularity, but is so much manipulation and so much power uh, power, uh, uh, mongering inside of there, you have to be careful of what is going on. And I definitely ain't going to be the first one to get nothing stuck in my head either. But the thing (laughs) is, is that, um, um, you know, it'll it'll probably be a combination of all these things, you know. Right. 
artificial intelligence, augmented reality, you know, entheogenics, you know. And there will be a time when the doggone artificial intelligence robots will be trying to get into the entheogenic game. But we have to stay up and on top of all that's going on as much as possible and not write off technologies without fully exploring them. That's why we need our scientists and our researchers and people who um, can go into these realms and do these different types of things and uh, come back and spread that knowledge and information, but you can't keep knuckleheads to do nothing, you know, because they, they're either scared or don't uh, want to be able to do the research to even find out. You know, I tell people all the time, all you have to do is do the research. You can't kill yourself with it. You ain't going to be addicted. It's less stressful on the body than a cup of coffee or Reese's Pieces. Mm. You can't be addicted to it. So you can mean to tell me you ain't got a few hours on a Saturday just to see what I'm talking about? You got these people who uh, claim to be comedic priests or uh, this type of priest or that type of priest or this type of spiritual person. You know, and they'll already tell you, oh, I'm already, I already, you know, I'm already in the spiritual realms. Oh, no, yeah. you ain't already in the spiritual realm. It's like Terrence McKenna said. Nobody goes to the yoga uh, to the yoga class with their knees knocking because of what's going to happen when they get to the yoga yoga class. You don't say, "Oh man, when I get to do that dead dog pose, or when I do the cobra, oh man, it's all over." You know, because I'm going to be out in the stars and all that kind of stuff. You can't function normally. You can't tell me, "Yeah, I'm like that all the time." And you driving a car. Because you can't drive a doggone car on 20 grams of mushrooms. Mm-mm. A wormhole will open up into a different dimension where different plants and stuff is there and the road ain't there no more and the trees ain't there and you ain't in Kansas. You can't drive with 25 grams of mushrooms in you. The best thing you can do is lay down in the bed or the floor and hope you don't <laughs> fall through the floor. So, no, it's not the same thing. Well, I do my meditation and, you know, I do my chants or I sing the, to, to the gods, uh, sing the shango or, or you know, uh, Obatala or Yemanya or whoever. No. You take this doggone mushroom, Obatala will come down through the doggone ceiling and sit on your at the edge of your bed and talk to you. Or... Yeah, man, yeah, I come and take you by the hand, and you will go up through the doggone ceiling into the doggone land of the ancestors. <laughs> Not all this theory and all this other stuff. <laughs> right. Mm. You want to doggone? You want to learn doggone martial arts? You and Aikido. When she was started Aikido, when she was dead. But if you take 25 grams of mushrooms, you can go up to where, where she was practicing right now in the moment. Mm. Or you can mm. go back in time. You can go back in time to Japan when he was on Koryama Mountain when he was eating his mushrooms, making all that stuff up on the doggone mountain, getting it from the Tengu Taki, the Tengu, the, what they call the mountain goblins. Or mm. if you're a Buddhist, 
You don't have to go to the doggone Buddha shrine. You eat your 25 grams of mushroom, and you can go up there and, and, and Buddha come down through the ceiling, or Buddha come and grab you by the hand and take you up through the ceiling and take you to the Buddha shrine on office and glory. Mm. I'm saying, I'm saying all this stuff. I'm talking all this stuff. You ain't got a couple of hours with something where somebody can watch you so you gain confidence in your own bedroom that you can't try it once. You say you're a comedic priest and you can't try it once. <laughs> and this is what they said. You're a comedic priest. You don't want to go to where they are. You don't want to see, right. you don't want to see and talk to Jehudi and uh, Anu and Ansar and Aset. And all the rest of them. You don't want to go and see, you don't want to go and see them because that's how the original people saw them. They made Kimmy. They sitting around the fire, fire naked as the day they was born, hitting squirrels in the head with rocks and eating grubs, pulling tubers up out the ground. They didn't know nothing about no pyramids and ticking and pickle style halls and mans with bird heads and stuff like that. They ate them mushrooms and the man with the bird head came down down there and descended into the fire and started talking to him and teaching him. He said, You wanna go with me? Okay, you ate two this time. Hey, Ken, I'll come back here and I'll take you to where, to where we at. And when they was up there walking around looking, they said, you know what? We need to build some of this on earth. When we get back, we need to build some of this. Okay, well, first thing we're going to have to do is we're going to have to teach you how to grow the food that you're walking around here picking up. You see, when you, when you eat the doggone orange, the little things inside, Stick them in the ground. <laughs> break a piece of the break a piece break a piece of the doggone grapevine off and stick it in the ground. We're gonna show you how to grow food so you can stay here, you can get a surplus, then you can specialize and be able to organize how to make this what you see in life up here when you get back down there to the earth. And it may take a uh, Forty, fifty thousand years for you to do it, but you keep your like, like <laughs> this February. Keep your eye on the prize. Mm-hmm. Let you, well, you teach your son, and your son will teach his son, and his son will teach his son, and you can eventually make you some stuff like we got up here, and we'll help you with the plans and the fixing and all that kind of stuff. Because people talk about the pyramids, where they got it and how they got it. They say the aliens made it. They say if you say the aliens made it, you're crazy. No, the aliens didn't make it. The pre-dynastic Africans of the area created it brick by brick. But they got the knowledge and information from the alien archives, from the alien informational structures because they was eating them mushrooms in the Sahara and that's how they built these things. They showed them how to do it. True. Now I'm not saying the little big head gray aliens rode in on a spaceship and built the pyramids from the top down. No. I'm saying that the early ancient pre-dynastic Africans in that area eating mushrooms, got the information out of the transdimensional archives for the technologies that are there and still there and are still in their pristine state. I said I'm going on 40 years from 
the time, first time I, set, I laid down in that sarcophagus in Egypt. And I'm going to revisit that. Wow. Go back in time and revisit when I was in there. And then mm-hmm. I can revisit the first time I was in there. Because that ain't the first time that I was in there. How am I going mm-hmm. from the doggone You've east been side of Detroit? I'm going to go from the east side of Detroit, playing basketball, doing martial arts, hanging out, to laying in the sarcophagus in the Great Pyramid of Egypt. Is that something that everybody do? I'm not saying there's nothing special, but I'm saying that ain't the first time I was in there. The only reason why I can go back in there is because I've been in there before. Mm -hmm. See, that's what resonated tonight is in the fact that you even when you brought up the whole thing with the 100 monkey theory, just by the fact that you mentioned, you know, You've been rolling with your with your squad basically for X so many lifetimes, so many uh, dimensions, so many uh, different you know universes. That this is this right here is bringing that information to us to open up those 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 portals for us now to connect and to re- realize that those that we've been around. Are our are our people as well, and so we can keep working to you know to truly you know to to keep to keep traveling. So this is we like gotta a, we got to get in and keep it moving, you know, because I'm 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 turning the 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 bridge of the ship over to my my sons and daughters. I'm here to go back in the back and play ping pong, shoot some pool, basket, you know, swim, Wait. you know. Wait. Look at Lord of the Rings and all that kind of stuff in the back. Wait, wait. You go back there in the back. You going in the back? Yeah, yeah but you know, in, in, in the back, you know, they direct I'm stuff in the, the back. I'm going in the holiday. I'm going in the holiday. You know, I ain't gonna be messing around fighting the Klingons and the Romulans and all that kind of stuff. You know, <laughs> you going back there with the world? You just want to go? Well, <laughs> go back there. And, uh, bake some cookies or something, and play with the grandchildren. <laughs> Let them fight the Romulans and the, you know, the rest of the Klingons and the rest of them. Baba said Whoopi Goldberg never came out the uh, out out of the. She never came on to the to the to the to the to the, to the forefront of the ship. She was always on the, on the holodeck. Picard wanted to see her. He had to go to the holodeck. She was she was back there sipping on something. You know. Mm. Uh, Baba, we got a few minutes yeah. to let you go, man. Tell us about May. You got Brother Jerry coming to Detroit in May on my birthday. I appreciate you, too. I ain't even know you knew my birthday like that, and you went to all this trouble just for me. I really want to say thank you so much for doing all of this on a full moon. You didn't even tell me you knew my birthday or that you're an astrologer, and you put all this together just for me. Will you please tell the audience about my birthday that you having in Detroit on May 17th, 18th, and 19th, where uh, also Jerry is going to be there for my birthday. Well, we're having uh, Dr. Jerry's coming in, and we're going to be uh, having the uh, 5-MEO toad, the beautiful of various toad ceremonies. It's uh, one of the forms of DMT, uh, which is the most powerful hallucinogen on Earth. It is a... Um, 
profoundly consciousness-changing experience that I think I believe everybody should uh, should have, Uh, and it's coming up that that weekend. So uh, in the city of Detroit, so you can get me at Kalini at hotmail.com if you're interested. We also have uh, um, our major uh, our major um, excursion this year in Mexico uh, in the mountains of Oaxaca. We'll be having the Food of the Gods tour, which is again the five of me I'm told, and also the Food of the God mushrooms, the mushrooms mm-hmm. that grow in the crevices of the mountain of Mexico, where the uh, where the lightning strikes, where the Olmec, uh, what they call you know what people call them the Olmecs, the name of the Olmecs, but the Olmecs and the Toltecs and the Mayan and Aztec. Uh, as that the Mayan uh, civilizations were. So get a chance to commune with the Mayan and Aztec ancestors and all that kind of stuff coming up in July of of, uh, of this year. Two things coming up, um, and we're just starting to put out the advertisement for those people who want to go and experience uh, this. For 2020, we're looking at um, going to uh, South Africa and experiencing the Zulu mushrooms in South Africa in the traditional Zulu uh, uh, Zulu dwellings, the ones look like the, the beehives and things like that um, in South Africa and getting with the Nsangomas uh, and the Sanunsis, um if we can, if if he's uh, if he's available and can, uh, hopefully to see Credo Mutua. But you know he's old now and infirmed and not in good health. Um, last time I was in South Africa, he was uh, uh, they had a baby that was born in the house and they couldn't let strangers in the house, so I was outside of the house um, and I talked to him on the phone, but. You know, strangers can't come in the house when a baby is born in the Zulu household. So I couldn't go in to actually, you know, shake his hand and stuff like that. I've talked to him several times, but I uh, couldn't go in to to actually, you know, to actually see him and things like that. And he's not, like I said, in good health physically. Um, and he's, uh, you know, uh, uh, pretty old right now. Well, we will be going to South uh, Africa, uh, to Zululand. Uh, we're going to all of the Cape, and you know, hopefully, we can uh, get a chance for everybody who wants to go to go. But uh, you know, we'll be putting that out for next year. But the Food of the Gods tour, um, and also the five MEO ceremonies. Uh, coming up, so you can get with me on Kalindi at hotmail dot com. Uh, thank you very much for having me on the show this evening. Uh, appreciate the uh, the honor of being able to share with the family. And next week is going to be the younger driest. That's um, that was going to be uh, pretty informative because I'm you know I'm I'm definitely doing a lot of uh, research into that. So thank you very much. I'm, I'm signing off because I, 
got some, got some other stuff to do. And uh, I will talk to you all next week. All right. Thank you, Bob. We Thanks, appreciate Bob. it. Peace. Have a good oh, evening. Uh, this one right here. Yeah, I know I got my I got the chamber field up over here. Um, I don't really know what instrumental to even play. Why he going out? You know what I'm saying? This is what kind of show it was tonight. And then the instrumental that I'm going to have to, uh, for me, this is how I kind of feel, you know, right here, like. <laughs> I mean, like, uh, I don't even really, like, I mean, I got five on it, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know, or the those of you who are just putting it down like that. You know, I don't know who know about this one. MC8? Come on now. Chill. Chill. Mm-hmm. Let's see, some of y'all, Early, some of y'all who don't want to know. Huh, huh, huh. I the beat I don't know what the beat If you don't want to listen to this MC and you're wondering where your girl at, and you ain't out here like kissing light, and you ain't out here like uh, Dr. Holmes, so I think I'm going to compare this. It's just the cold, just like this.